Are you guys ready for some comedy up in this piece? My guest today, Katie O'Brien, played the naive, sexually repressed, and a wee bit neurotic Mary Louise Bennigan on all 50 episodes of the TV Land hit show, Teachers. She was also an executive producer, one of the writers. She's truly a dynamo. I'm so excited to talk to her. Not to mention, she's in a popular improv group, The Katie Dids. And yes, there's a lot of Katies in that group. Ring the bell, school's in, Katie O'Brien, Welcome to Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream and some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Katie, welcome to the studio, first of all. Thank you. Uh, you were part of the Katie Dids, very popular improv group. Uh, tell me a little bit, how did that come about? Well, it literally came about because we're all named Katie. Um, but we all were, makes sense. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Uh, we were all there's six of us. The group started with six Katies um, who had different variations of the name Kate. And Caitlin put the group together because at the time we were all performing in Chicago and there were just a bunch of funny women named Katie. And so at I.O. there was a show called Radical Concept. And Caitlin asked if we wanted to do the show with the radical concept being that we were all named Katie and we applied and got rejected. Um, but that's okay oh, because wow. we performed a show anyways and it was fun. And so that's how it started. And now we've been a group for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. And obviously you're all uh, involved in the show teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, how did that come about? How did the idea of this come out? Was it out of uh, a show that you guys did or what, what happened? Teachers came about because when we were all in Chicago performing at Second City and I.O. and um, at this theater called The Playground, we, a friend of ours who is a director in Chicago, Matt Miller, came up to us and he had heard some story on NPR that teaching was the most uh, respected profession, but was also the most... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Scandalous, maybe? Okay. Like there were a lot of scandals in teaching. So anyways, um, he said that we all looked like teachers and that we should think about doing a web series about teaching. And so we did a web series and then we released it and thought nothing would happen. And then um, TV Land saw it and offered to buy it. Wow. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Um, I'm curious because since you are, uh, it was a TV show that came about because you guys were an improv group, how were the characters generated for this show? Not a lot of shows, like I say, start from an improv group, so I'm wondering what the process was like there. The characters came about where when we were writing the web series, it was weird because uh, when we started the web series, we never thought we were going to live with these characters for like eight years. Yeah. Um, and so how they came about was we each took something that was kind of true about ourselves and really blew it out. So my character came out of, I grew up very naive and religious. And so I was like, oh, I'll play with that. Um, and then Katie Colleton, who plays Miss Snap, she really wants to be liked. That's a really small trait <laughs> yeah. of hers. That's true. So we kind of took something true about ourselves. And then the characters, by the time we got to the TV show, became these like caricatures. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how we developed them. 
Very cool. Well, I gotta say, I am a huge fan of the show. I think it's really funny. It also has uh, a bit of raunchiness that uh, I enjoy in a comedy, and sometimes <laughs> you don't get that. You yes. know, uh, it goes a little bit further than network shows would go. Yeah, and I I, I really uh, find that fun. Uh, some of my favorite episodes. If I'm thinking off the top of my head, Lunchtime the Musical is a good one. Um, how was that a different process doing a, a a show where it's mostly singing? Yes, that was crazy because you have so we really wanted to do a musical episode. We all were musical theater majors, and it, we felt like this was our like time to be like we we you know we should have been cast as you know like it was our like <laughs> redemption thing where it was like we loved it, and so we pitched it to our network executive at TV Land, Brad Gardner, and he was like okay and we were like it's just gonna be a full music little resistance yeah he was like all right but it was really hard to write because you have to write the music and so it's a totally different scripting process because you're writing songs did you guys write the music we did we wrote some of the music and then josh funk who's a second city oh, guy funk, sure brilliant and he did great improviser all the music for teachers he wrote a ton of songs and really helped us so uh, it was crazy. It was really crazy. And then we had to chore- like choreograph it. This um, really great choreographer, Kat Burns, who does all of, uh, oh, my gosh, what's Rachel Bloom's show? Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. A crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She came in and helped us chore- choreograph the whole thing. It was really, it was the hardest thing to I film. thought I recognized those jazz hands. Right? Uh, Do they from- look familiar? <laughs> crazy Ex-Girlfriend jazz hands. Um, it was really, really fun, but it was really hard. And I think we had two weeks to do all the music and write the script. So is that longer than a, a normal episode would take for you guys? Um, no, really short to write it. Okay. It took us about two weeks to write it. Really, really short. And filming it was very different because you're singing along to a track. Yeah. So it was really, really hard, but it was so much fun. I thought it came out really well. Oh, thanks. Um, Hot Deadly Dad. Good one. Uh, that was an interesting one. Yep. I found that one to to fulfill the um, uh, God, what's the what's the channel I'm thinking like of? True Crime ID. Yeah, right. Yes. Like one of those shows. Where I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I get what's going on. Here. <laughs> Wait a minute, all these people are being murdered. Yes. Probably your uh, the guy you're dating. Yes. Yeah. That's how that show. That's how that episode came about. I am a huge true crime fan, and so is Katie Colleton, and we wrote that episode. I think we both wrote that episode, but um, all the Katies are true crime fans, and so we wanted to an episode where it was like an homage to true crime. So yeah, very cool. Uh, I particularly like some of the uh, you know the, the the musical cues that you had that they yep. always have on those shows, where all of a sudden there's violins playing. Yes, that was all Josh Funk. <laughs> Josh Funk is brilliant. He he saved us on so many occasions. He's absolutely a genius. Nice. Uh, the final robe. Good one. Uh, great. Uh, that's a spoof, clearly, of like kind of the Bachelorette universe. Yes. Uh, where your character is uh, handing out robes for uh, her wedding party. Yeah. Right. To see who's going to be in the wedding party, yep. and uh, it made me laugh so hard because I, I'm a fan of those shows. I don't know if you are. Oh yeah, yeah. We are. A lot of the episodes came out of things that we just were fans of and wanted to do tributes to. But the final robe was interesting because that. That script came about because we had written another script that had gotten thrown out. We um, Sometimes when you're writing, you go down this road where you think things are going to work, and then the network will throw out a script, and it's really stressful, and it's really hard. I, yeah, I bet. The timing is crazy. So the final robe, literally, we wrote very last minute, and it came out of a script getting thrown out. And then the director, Eric Appel, totally like got the genre and did all of these great camera moves and 
um, nuances with it. So it it tur- it's one of my favorite episodes that came out as a total accident. Interesting. Yeah. What do you have a favorite episode where you think you know what that's I'm really proud of that one. Yes, my favorite episode is an episode in season three. Um, for the whole duration of the show, we really wanted to do something about guns in schools, but we didn't know how to address it. Mm-hmm. It felt very, um, we didn't know how to do it in a smart way that was funny and making a comment without it being really sad or depressing. Right. And so finally in season three, Ian, our Ian Roberts was our showrunner, and he pitched this idea about what if we map um, guns in schools and say that a bear moves in across the street from the school and the teachers are concerned that the bear might break into the school and, and destroy it. And so it, it maps gun laws and the neighbor basically says he has a right to have the bear in his lawn. Um, he doesn't need to put up a fence. So anyways, it's all about um, guns in schools and the violence that it can cause. But that's the episode I'm most proud of. And we filmed with a bear, which was crazy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I... I filmed an episode of the show Better Things mm-hmm. um, and there was a bear close to the set that wasn't supposed to be there. Oh, like in the wild? Yeah. It was, uh, they shoot somewhere up by, they used to shoot up by kind of like La Cañada, that oh, yeah, area. Yeah. And um, there was a bear. It had a cub, so they didn't want to mess Whoa. with it. But less than 100 yards from craft services, which is where you get your food if you're on set, if you're not, uh, there was a bear up in a tree. Oh, my gosh. And then before we were shooting that day, I guess the bear had uh, gone into this guy's swimming pool and was swimming oh and was scratching gosh. his butt on the corner of their house. But they didn't want to mess with the cub, you no. know, so they kind of let it be. And, they, you know, it ended up being fine. But but I remember they announcing a couple times, guys, I know the bear's been here for a few days. Remember, it's still a bear. That is crazy. You guys are getting pretty close with your cameras. Yeah, it was that. It was. It's so weird sometimes when you write things because you forget that they'll come true. Like when you're writing an episode, like we started and we were like, "Oh, it'll be a grizzly bear," and then for some odd reason, there's a disconnect where you're like, "Well, we're not actually going to film with a bear." Like I don't know why that happened a lot on the show, but then our line producers came in and they were like, "So you want us to cast a bear?" And we were like, "Yeah," and this bear. This full brown bear, the bear's name was Tag, showed up in the back of a U-Haul in Woodland Hills. And Did you they, have a choice of bears? Yeah. There's really one bear. If you talk to anybody who's ever worked with a bear in Los Angeles, it's this bear Tag. He works a lot. We okay. had to work around Tag's availability. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, we had to like choose him. And the trainer came and they walked Tag through the school. And it was crazy. He's he's huge. He's yeah. massive. He's 900 pounds. He's eight feet tall. Wow. Yeah, that was wild. Do you imagine there are other bears that aren't working as <laughs> that much? aren't working, and they're just like, "Hey, I saw that they needed uh, something for that show." Teachers, you did you go out for tag? Yeah, tag, tag booked it, <sighs> tag booked it. Tag. I was just talking to somebody else somehow about this, and they were like, "I filmed with a bear," and they were like, "Was it tag?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was. It was." He was like, "Yeah, that I filmed with that bear." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Look, if I get my own TV show and I have a bear, I refuse. Won't be tag. Tag. No. New faces for he, bears. That's very, what we need. He's very professional. Although he's got the great experience. Yeah, he's and got, he's great got a great credits. look, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, sadly, teachers, the series finale was in 2019. I know. Uh, wedded Miss. Yep. Uh, I don't want to give away too much of what happens because, you know, uh, I would encourage everyone, if you haven't seen the show, and you're a fan of comedies, go back and watch it. Watch it. Um, you can watch it on, I Amazon? think, Amazon. 
I think you can go on tvland.com and yes. there's a few things to jump through, but then you can get on there that way. Somebody told me too, I don't have this verified, that you can watch it on Pluto TV. Okay. I saw that. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. So maybe I shouldn't play. I think maybe iTunes, you can buy it too, but Amazon's a good, you can buy it on Amazon Prime. It sounds like a, a, a streaming uh, platform that used to be considered a streaming platform and has been downgraded yes. to a lesser streaming I know. Platform. Somebody told me that. They were like, it's on Pluto. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> um, well, I got to say, like I said, I don't want to spoil what happens, but I will say for me, one of the most perfectly satisfying endings of a comedy. And I think that series finales are tough in comedies. Yeah. Tough to hit all the right notes that you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can name any number of shows where I was like, I love the show. And then the finale was like, ah, oh, I wish well. we just didn't have that last episode. Yeah. But this one, I will say, is the opposite. I loved it. Thank you. Um, I got a little emotional. Aww. Because um, you went through all these things with these characters. Yes. And and some of them get to just like the ending that they deserve. Yes. And you're so happy. Or sad. Or sad. Uh, <laughs> for, their, for their endings. But check it out, guys. Uh, Teacher's great show. I'm so happy we had you in to talk about that. Obviously, oh, there's other things you. we will talk about, but that's it's such uh, on the consciousness of people that, that watch comedies out here. And I love seeing a show with six female leads. Yeah, it's fun. Um, amazingly. And uh, yeah, watch it if you haven't watched it. I Before we go too much further, mm-hmm. we just had a wonderful breakfast yes. at EAT. We did. E-A-T on Magnolia in the wonderful NoHo Arts District, North Hollywood. Um. I love that place. It's so good. I love the, even the kind of the color scheme of the kind of like the burnt orange. Yep. It's very comforting to me. Now, to me, the star of the place and why I go back there time and time again is the zucchini shredders. I had not heard of this. And then you exposed me to them and I mm-hmm. tried them and they're very good. Very good. It's like hash browns, um, but made out of zucchini. And I feel like I'm being really healthy. Yeah. I'm probably just being a not a little more healthy. A little more healthy because there there's sour cream on it. Yeah. I mean that probably takes it all out. But in my mind I'm like, I'm healthy today. And they're fried, right? Or they're fried they and they're delicious. They they were very good. Um, what did you have there today? I had a breakfast burrito with bacon and cheese oh, and eggs. Look, bacon, anything with bacon. Anyone knows on the show knows me. Anything with bacon and a full side of uh potatoes. Nice. Like the Midwestern girl I am. Yeah. It's a it's a very Midwestern uh the food is very Midwestern like. Yes, yeah, hearty. Very hearty. Food. I had the uh short rib Benedict. That looked real which good. Which I think it's more than one time now I've had a short rib Benedict on this show. Live your life. Uh yeah. If it's good, I'm gonna have it. Yeah. Even if yeah, I gotta compare the two short rib Benedicts. Yeah. This one was maybe uh a little bit different because it had the zucchini shredders. Mm. But I I did enjoy it. I enjoy like a nice poached egg with uh, the runny yolk and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, I it's it's kind of a busy place, especially on the weekends. It is. Um, I like to talk about places. Also, is it a place where I can go do creative things, uh, get some writing done, maybe meet somebody? I have had plenty of meetings there with people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a place I would go and hunker down and no. and write some uh, scenes, but it is a good place. It's a creative place. It makes me feel creative. And uh, one of the very first places where we had breakfast. Uh, one of our guests, Tommy Bechtold, I think it was episode, I want to say two, three. Uh, one of the first breakfasts before I had the show was with Tommy Bechtold there. So Dang. I always have fond memories of Eat on Magnolia. It's good. Delicious. Uh, anyway, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll be back to that place. And if you guys are in that area, I recommend it. I do too. It's a little busy on the weekends, but. They'll get you in quick. 
Oh, yeah. They're very efficient there, and they're very nice. Yes. And lots of things on the menu that are great. They have a lot of, like, pancakes, French toast, things like that. Uh, hearty things, like you said. Hearty things. So, <clears throat> Katie O'Brien, we met, uh, was it earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah. At the Omaha Improv Festival. Is it May? Memorial In, Day. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend, Omaha Improv Festival. Yep. Um, I was a big fan of the show at the time. And uh, they, I didn't have a team I was going there with. I was just going there as a person that's an actor. And they threw me in with a bunch of people. Uh, and I said, oh, he said, anyone you want to work with? The guy Dylan oh, right. Rody that runs it. I was like, well, I'd love to, you know, do some scenes with Katie O'Brien and some of the other Katies and the Caitlins and, you know. All the babes. All, <laughs> all of them, because I knew you guys were there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I got to say, I would go back there anytime they asked me to go back, because it was really Very fun. Very fun. And, um uh, this is what I expected from an improv community too, but I hadn't done improv in a while and I felt very nurtured and, and kind of protected by you guys. Every bad idea I threw out, you guys just you made it good throw, somehow. You did it, not throw out any bad ideas. And the, the feeling is mutual where I felt like it was the opposite, where I felt like any bad idea we threw out, you took care of. So it was very, very collaborative. Well, I'll tell you this too. It is the first time I had been back to Nebraska since I had booked some TV shows and things like that where my friends from high school could come out and see me and not be like, hey, you're still trying to act? Yeah. you know. <laughs> and my parents could come out and say, my son is on these shows. Um, and so, uh, you know, I had told a lot of the people in the show that, that my parents are going to be there. And you guys just constantly set me up for, like, big laughs and put me in good positions. Always. And, uh, and I will always be grateful for that because – it would have been terrible to. No, <laughs> you were so great. It was so fun. It was so fun. It would have been bad to have bad shows in front of your parents. They There's were like, nothing worse. Well, he tried. I know. There's nothing worse. I've had so many bad shows in front of my parents, especially when I was in Chicago, where like I had like moved there and I was like, I'm going to pursue this. And then my parents would drive to Chicago and watch me in a horrible show. And it was just like, I'm sure in their minds, they were like, what is she doing? Like, what is she doing? Yeah. But they were so supportive. That's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a fun time, and it it's fun. cool to see that there's so many great improvisers that have ties to Nebraska. Yeah, especially because like when I was growing up, there was nothing. Like I really wanted to do improv growing up, and I there was no theater, there were no classes that I knew of in Omaha. Like I Google, like there was nothing. So it's really cool to see how much it's grown. I had never heard of improv when I lived in Nebraska. I don't think I had in high school. I had seen, actually, this is a funny story. I had seen um. Second City in high school, we went to Chicago, and I saw Second City, and I, like, fell in love with it. And then I became obsessed with improv. And when I went to college, I really wanted to go to college in Chicago. It didn't work out. I went to college in Minneapolis, and I decided after a year that I was going to transfer to Chicago. But I came back to Omaha, and I was so desperate to do improv that I was Googling anywhere in Omaha that had improv. And one woman's name came up, Beth. Oh, my gosh, this is horrible. I don't remember her name can't remember her last name. It'll come to me. But um, Beth Newling? Yeah, whatever. Um, it'll come to me. But Beth, um, Beth's name came up. She lived in Lincoln and that she had done improv in Chicago. And I emailed her. And I was like, do you still do any type of improv? And she was like, yes, I have an improv group in Lincoln if you want to come down and play with us. So I was like 18 or 19. And I would drive down to Lincoln and play in this group. But that was the only improv team that I knew of in, remotely in the area. Mm -hmm. And now it's, there's a whole theater. Yeah, it's a great little scene they have yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So I hope I want to keep going back and supporting them and yeah. helping that scene to grow. And uh, yeah, I I had fun time there. I'm glad that I went there this year too because then I got to meet all you guys. So that, yeah, was, that was that was great. Uh, you grew up in Omaha. I did my okay. hometown. What was that like? 
It's awesome. I love Omaha. I I really attribute it to to my sense of comedy and what I find funny. And it was a great place to grow up and be creative. What do you, what do you mean? Uh, what do you mean when you say? it uh about your comedy how how in what way i feel like omaha is such a wonderfully like wonderfully unique uh place with great characters and great people watching and very um i found it to be like a very creative city that really fostered like unique voices and so i just remember as a kid growing up and observing people and i don't know i just felt very um i felt like it gave me this odd comedic point of view that was very driven by odd characters and uh, interesting people. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let me pitch you an idea. Okay. Right, as we're just, we're just I'm just coming up with this on the spot. Okay. You and I doing uh, a show. Okay. Uh, where we do different characters, Portlandia style. Okay. In Omaha. <laughs> Might be interesting. Done and done. Something, something to. Uh, great. Uh, that, that's, uh, you know, we'll talk about this later, but that sounds okay. interesting to me. Yes, there's great characters there. Yeah. Oh, and you're right. Omaha is a very, and it's a very distinctive feel to Omaha, yes, too. Yes. There's a very, yeah. I mean, Portland is the same thing, right, for Portlandia, but Omaha, yeah. I think, has a similar feel. Not as uh, stereotypically strange, I guess, no. as Portland. Right. But. In some ways, it has the similar feel yeah, to me. Yeah, it's also a cr- such a creative city. Like, there's great art in Omaha. There's great music in Omaha. One of the best zoos is in Omaha. One of the best zoos. I loved it there. I I love going back. I really miss it. I, you know, I need to explore Omaha more. I was more of a Lincoln guy. I grew up in a small town southeast of Lincoln, but I was more of a Lincoln guy. I went to school in Lincoln. Yeah. But uh, being... At that improv festival, that was the most I've, time I've spent in Omaha. And I was like, wow, this is a cool city. Oh, Omaha's really cool. Once you start to really pull back the layers, like really amazing music scene. Um, yeah, it's great. I think people have seen some of the sensibility of Omaha, too, in, you know, the the, the director, writer, Alexander Payne's stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, election is takes place right around there. And a lot of his shows have kind of yeah. some kind of Omaha sensibility to it. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I hope the scene keeps growing there. Me too. Uh, you grew up in Omaha, mm-hmm. and then when do you leave? I left. I went to high school in Omaha, and then I left for college. Uh, oh, that's right. You said you went to Minnesota. Minnesota. Well, where did you go to Minnesota first? Really small school called St. Thomas. Okay. I just really wanted to get out of state. For, I really wanted to go to Chicago, and I really wanted to do improv, but um, I got a scholarship to St. Thomas in Minneapolis, and so actually it's in St. Paul technically, but... um. Well, they are the twin cities. They're the twin cities. Hard to tell them Same apart, thing. really. There's a Minneapolis <laughs> campus, too. Um, but so I went there for my first year of college, but I couldn't shake Chicago or improv out of my system, and I was just so desperate to do it. So when I was in Minneapolis, I did, like, comedy sports and stuff. And then after being there for a year, I just was so unhappy because I couldn't think about anything else. And so I then transferred to the University of Illinois at Chicago, in Chicago, so I could do improv. Okay. And then you're in Chicago for how long? Five years. I was there, uh, like, three years for school, and then two years after that-ish. Okay. So it was, like, my college. The city of Chicago was, like, my college, and I.O. was, like, my college. Because um, UIC was, like, a downtown, not a downtown campus, but it's, like, a more of a commuter school. So I lived in the city, and, uh, like, I.O. and Second City really were, like, my college. Sounds great. Um, so obviously you're in Los Angeles now. Uh-huh. How do, how does that happen? I moved here seven years ago, and I moved here. I was in Chicago, and I was doing a play um, for Broadway in Chicago called Love Loss and What I Wore, which is written by Nora and Delia Efron. 
Is Nora Ephron? Is that Nora Ephron? Like the one? Like Nora, the Nora Ephron? The, that's the Nora Ephron. Yes. And crazy. Okay. So Nora Ephron staged that. So I got to meet her and work with Nora and Delia. And it was a really small cast. There were five of us. Um, but I was doing this play when I was in college. And Nora Dunn was in the play. From SNL. SNL alum. And uh, I got to know Nora. And she really gave me wonderful advice where I, at this time, you know, like when you're doing improv in Chicago, your goal, my goal at least, and I think most people's goal is to get on the Second City main stage and then get hired for Saturday Night Live. And I had auditioned to get in the Second City touring company, which is how you get to eventually be on the main stage. And I did not get it. And I was really bummed. And uh, I was talking to Nora and Nora Dunn was like, I think you should move to Los Angeles. And mm -hmm. she was like, you you need to move. That's where everything happens. Get out of here. And she was so supportive. And then she offered to set me up with her manager. And uh, so I moved. So, so you end up in Los Angeles because of Nora Dunn. That's yeah. You realize how crazy that crazy. is. Crazy. She was so supportive <laughs> and such a wonderful. Uh, I I viewed her as a mentor, and uh, she really gave me really wonderful advice. And I still really admire her. She's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, she's why I moved. She basically gave me this talk that was like this is where everything happens anyways and you need the sooner you move the better and i was like okay yeah so i just moved when well, going back to the other nora nora efron i mean i believe she wrote the best romantic comedy of all time when harry met sally yeah am i right about that I, yeah yes she did uh gosh everything she did a lot of you've got mail, got mail. Um, i think sleepless in seattle maybe? maybe yeah basically any she's brilliant they both are brilliant it was great i didn't really appreciate how much at the time, I just was kind of young, and I didn't realize her impact. And now that I'm older, I can't believe that I got to meet and work with her. She was so cool. Yeah. I'm very excited because we're about to go into a brand new segment of the show that we've never done before called Breakfast Quick Bites. All right. So we've got a couple questions that we asked on social media this week. Okay. And then uh, they, they answered. Oh. And now we're going to find out what your answer is to these questions, and they can see... Okay. If they have the same opinion as you or different or something in between. Okay. So, Katie O'Brien, mm -hmm. on your show, Teachers, your character, Ms. Bennigan, has a crush on the character named Hot Dad. Yep. Who's the hotter TV dad? Brian Cranston in Malcolm in the Middle or Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad? I'm going to go with Brian Cranston in Malcolm in the Middle. Interesting. Because I love a very a steady Eddie, just a dad, mm -hmm. with no you nothing on the side. There's no secrets. He had some secrets on that show. Though. That's you true. He uh, he was the secret, like kind of like a uh, rollerblader. Yes, that's a good secret. But it though. was a good secret. A good though. Secret. It wasn't a dark secret. Yeah. Walter White on Breaking Bad had many dark no, secrets. I can't deal with that. That's too much. I'm already dysfunctional enough. <laughs> right. right. I need I need somebody more normal. So we're gonna go with Malcolm in the Middle, Brian Cranston. Yeah. I yeah. accept that answer. Uh, better holiday movie. This is our holiday show. It's just a couple days till Christmas. Crazy. Uh, Christmas Vacation or Home Alone. Well, they're both classics, but Christmas Vacation is one of my all-time favorite movies. I know every line to it. Actually, one of my favorite lines from any movie ever is in Christmas Vacation where they're outside and Clark has is trying to light up the house and it's not working and he pulls the whole family out there and he does this whole drum roll and then he, you know, puts the plug in and nothing lights up and everybody's disappointed and uh, his father-in-law makes some comment and his daughter goes, he worked really hard on it, Grandpa. And his father-in-law goes, so do washing machines. <laughs> and that is one of my favorite lines of any movie 
ever. That's a great line. Yeah. It's so cutting. It's so cutting, and it's just such, it's so perfect. Awesome. So we're going with uh, Christmas Vacation Yeah, that's here. hard for me, but that's, yeah. Well, they're very different movies. You know, Home Alone yeah. uh, is still awesome, too. Oh, but, yeah. But I, Christmas Vacation, I mean, so good. it's so good. Especially for a movie that's not, uh, it's kind of a sequel to other, another movie, yeah, right? Yeah, it's brilliant. Especially good. Uh, in that case. Cool. Well, that has been our breakfast quick bites. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed finding out how Katie felt about the the questions that you guys answered. <laughs> it's been really fun having you in the studio today. Uh, I'm so glad we did this. Thank you. In the future. Yes. There is going to be a movie uh-huh. entitled The Katie O'Brien Story. Okay. Who will play Katie O'Brien in that movie? In the future, the person who will play me in the movie is, is an actress who... We haven't discovered yet, but mm. she will be the combination of Judy Greer, Catherine O'Hara, and Amy Sedaris. Oh, I love all three of them. All three of them yeah. are my favorites, and it will be somebody that is all three of them. I saw Judy Greer walking her dog outside of one of my acting classes, oh. and I saw her at Lackman. I'm, and she's so she's good. one of those people that I don't have a problem going up and talking to someone and say, hey, I'm a big fan of your work. Yeah. But with her, I'm almost like, I, I'm too I scared. Know. She has my dream career, or Catherine O'Hara, where, like, Judy Greer just has done so much and has played so many different characters, and she's well-known, but she's not she, – I think she's brilliant. Yeah, and I such her. a fan of her. I Some of the stuff she did on Arrested Development, so just good. physical comedy, yes. and she would take off her glasses and put them back on, and her eyes are just – I mean – So good. Yeah, that's – but I accept uh, a combination of, of Judy Greer, <laughs> yeah. Catherine O'Hara – and, and Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. Oh, my yeah, goodness. I heard an interview with her recently, and I was like, she's so interesting. She's so cool. There's a great uh, – go on YouTube. There's an Architectural Digest. I think it's Architectural Digest that gives a tour of her apartment in, in New York, and it's so cool and quirky and bizarre and exactly what you'd expect. Wow. It's fun. Well, if you would like to get more breakfast content, such as bonus episodes – show promos, TV and film appearances, or other public events, as well as pics of Katie O'Brien and I having a wonderful breakfast at Eat in the NoHo Arts District. There are several places you can go. You can go to the breakfast page on Instagram, at Brentfest Podcast. You can go to my personal Instagram and Twitter accounts, at Scoops Pope. You can also go to my actor page on Facebook. The show itself is available on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, through my website, breathpope.com. So thanks for your support. The show is growing constantly, guys. We're now in, uh, I think, about 25 states and four countries and, you know, hopefully more and more as we go. So if you enjoy the show, please leave us reviews, give us likes, share it around. It's all so much appreciated. Katie O'Brien, what is next for you and where can we find you on social media? Um, What's next for me? I'm pitching uh, shows right now. I'm writing a lot, so I'm hoping to sell something again. And my dream would be to do teachers all over again in some other capacity but um, that's what I'm doing right now and on social media you can find me on Instagram at Katie Claire O'Brien and on Twitter I think it's at Katie C. O'Brien I think cool yeah I'm sure if they look around they will the, find it'll you. pop up yeah. yeah and with that that will end another amazing episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope and put it in the old to-go bag see ya Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, 
sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.